Got I wouldn't pods. say I'm homesteading. I would just say, you know, it's like a hobby farm. Because in my opinion, to homestead, you need to be self-sufficient in some aspect. More than just, you know, what I've done. Um, you know, I've got chickens. I've got, you know, pigs now with like mm-hmm. the last two months. Um, but I've got like 36 chickens. I've got 12 goats, you know. It's they're just kind of pets. The egg, the chickens lay eggs. You know, I'm growing them out, and then they're going to end up getting processed because I've hatched some out. And they're gonna they're gonna be replaced, and um, we're building a chicken plucker. But I still don't think we're at that level of homestead yet because everything's just kind of on hiatus. So if if it was there'd be like six trees taken down, I'd be getting 12 hours of sun. There'd be 120 raised beds in the yard. If it were me. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life. All that there'd be After our firstborn You had to stay home That's when the work Got in the way for me Well I started Farm hop life You'll come to your farm To help and to wander Me and the family A truck and an RV Send us a message and there will be. This is the Farm Pop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt DeRocher. Tonight, my guest is Grant Payne. He is a 21-year-old man. I'm going to call you a man. You're doing way more manly stuff than I am. and That's that's something. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You did both homeschooling and public schooling, did competition shooting when he was younger, then graduated high school in 2019 Mm -hmm. uh, picked up gardening that snowballed into the aspirations to homestead after learning about all the utter crap that we eat. Nice. That's uh, I'd say you're doing it, dude. Thank you. After, since we're doing this in reverse, uh, yeah, people won't know that until we get to the very end, uh, which is great. That's which is fantastic. I like the way that this interview evolved. It's fitting for my style. You know, where, where are you anyways? Uh, Georgia, North Georgia, Bartow County, Georgia, to be specifically. Um, okay. About 45 minutes, 30 minutes north of Atlanta. Okay. Do you so, do you own your, like, do you rent or you own a home or? I live with my parents. We've lived oh, here cool. at this property for the last 20 years. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, do and have, we're now looking to move. <laughs> Why We're now that? looking to move. Why now? Um, so in Adairsville, about 35 minutes north, we have, well, 25. We have, my grandmother has 10 acres where her house is. And then a minute down the road, she has 17 acres. And it used to be my great grandfather's land. He had a lot of land, but then it got broken down into siblings. But uh, gotcha. this one thing I was probably going to hit on is... Um, 
my great grandmother's house is about 177 years old. And uh, she didn't build the house. She bought the house, but it has, um, there's a Creek that runs through it. It's a branch. It's called, it's a, it's a branch. It's not technically a Creek. It feeds from one Creek to another Creek. And um, so it runs through it and we're going to, there's 15 acres on that. So if we can get that back, that gives us 47 acres that I can have in my domain that I can bring back and revive and restore because it's covered in wisteria, you know, Chinese privet, Bradford pear, so many useless trees. You know, like are they useless? Oh, absolutely. Wisteria, oh, okay. Chinese privet, Bradford pears, all invasive. Um Bradford pears, in my opinion, they're used as a decorative. They're just no good. They're brittle, easily break. They can what is they're just Bradford? Pyrus Calariana. <laughs> uh, I learned that this semester in her um, Woody identification. Mm. So it's just like and a big then, flowery tree. Yeah, it's it's extremely common in almost every single neighborhood you go down. It's mm. usually Bradford pear, and then like ash ash maples, ash leaf maples. The only thing it's good for, it's a hot burning firewood. I would rather replace them with oaks, persimmon, other fruit trees. Um, open up the space so grass can grow, so you can braise it through cattle, through like a, a savanna style uh, right. area. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it's, it's so thick. There are um, Chinese privet hedge. You know, they're now trees that have been there for 20 years that are bigger than my leg. That's pretty nice. So are you an only child? No, I'm a second child. My oldest um, sibling is my sister. Gotcha. I didn't know if like you were going to be like the sole heir of, uh, you know, all this land that you're. uh, Well, yes, but no. Your sister doesn't have any interest in it. Um, she really doesn't have an interest as far as I'm concerned at the moment. No. Gotcha. You're, and I suppose we can get into this a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're, you got guarded, like into gardening, like through your parents or. Uh, no. Um, by the time I started gardening, everybody who would have loved to see me garden and grow all died. My oh, great grandmother, no. my grandfather, my other grandfather, um, none of them were alive to see that. I, I currently have one living grandparent, and I kind of got started because, um, which again, we can talk about this, is my nana went on hospice. So I graduated high school December 19, and you know, I had 14 years too much of school already, and I was I already been in college. I didn't want to go back. And so I was like, look, I need a break. I'm done. I need a break. And so that next February, I ended up starting my first raised beds. And then I did that to that time I was off with her. I had that to myself. And then I also helped her. And then she died 
last September. Oh, and man, then I started that. school this August and things just really progressed extremely fast. Hmm. Progressed in which way? Um, the progress is which I'm growing is it's just nonstop. Like I started with eight raised beds. Then the next grow season, I had 12. And then I started this growing season with 50 something. What? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Have 50 raised beds? How big uh, are they? They are just under 12 square feet. It's like 11.7 square feet per bed. Hmm. Um, I have 25. Well, right now I think I'm sitting at 70. Not really. So I started the growing season with 50, and I'm now sitting at like 75. Are you a madman? Oh, extremely. I don't do anything <laughs> with a small. I go, okay. you know, we got chickens um, and I, I have, you know, pictures. If that's something that you'd be, if you'd be interested in me sharing. I um, want to see what 70 raised beds looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have pictures back from 2020 when I started and I did this before, you know, the whole, you know, lock the, before they pushed the lockdowns and all that. Um, gotcha. It really was, it was just like, you know, oh, it's just another, another, you know, thing until they went crazy with it. And, um, and then I went into like self, you know, reflection, looking at myself, my weight, looking at what's in our foods, all the known carcinogens and everything like that. And it really pushed me. And then I figured out what I want, you know, why I want it and how I'm going to do it. Dude, I think that's great for someone your age. Like I barely had anything together. I, uh, when I was 21, I, I was still like, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I was about ready to quit school and I went off to work in Yellowstone when I was 21. Um, and I, it was pretty cool. I did it for a month and I'm like, I don't, I don't really care for the working part. I just wanted to be in Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and if so you would have asked me, if you would have asked me, you know, three, four years ago, you know, what I was going to do, it was, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I had no idea, no plan. I guess it was just some generic aspect of engineering or computer science when honestly, I can't stand computers. I don't have patience for computers. I don't care to learn about computers. Okay. Um, and, you know, and I, I even built my own PC. I just I don't care to know anything more than that. Sure. Yeah, you you explored that that uh, avenue, and then you're like, all right, I, I I understand it, I got it, and then on to something else. Yeah, a lot of it really though came from the sole aspiration of money and income, and you can't you can't base your life on that. You'll burn out, and it's just not fun. Find yep. what you love and make money doing it. Absolutely. So. You took a break from school and then went back to school in August. Uh, so, so I did dual enrollment. So I started college while I was in high school, um, which I made unnecessarily difficult for myself. Um, I still managed to swing my way into college. Didn't change my habits of studying or, or any or doing the work. And then mm -hmm. I just kind of fizzled out of that. And then ended. I went through, ended up graduating. Um, 
like a half, like just just barely squeezed in that December 2019 deadline to be a 2019 graduate. And then I took, you know, from December 2019 until August of this year, I took out of school. Um, I like the last bit of last year around, you know, August and September, I was like, my, my plan was to go to the, our family land in Adairsville with a, with like a two man tent and my chickens and, you know, live in a tent. And in from February to October, build me a log cabin um, that you have eight months. If I can't build a house in eight months, I'm useless. And so I knew I could have done it, but the parents were like, no, you're not doing that. You can't do that. Um, we're not going to grandma. My grandmother wasn't going to let me use the land for that. And so I pivoted to school so that I can use that school to then get up there. They kind of put that, you know, barrier in front of me. And since I started, I love it. I have taken, taken it. I've ran with it and I just keep getting crazier. <laughs> So, so what's your major? What are you majoring in? Uh, it's horticulture science. I'm taking mean, the Excellent. horticulture program. Other, what what kind of things do they teach in uh, horticulture science? So, horticulture science is one of my is my one of my classes this semester, and it's it's your basics. You know, it's the function of a flower. What is a flower? How does the flower work? Um, you have you know. You know, and I'm just—all kind of runs together. So it's horticulture science, woody plant identification, and soils. Those are my three that I kind of stick with, so I could then, you know, also kind of work a little bit. And so, like, the shape of a leaf. So, like, what is a leaf? The different shapes of leaves. So, like, uh, you know, what an andina bush? No. <laughs> you don't know what a andina is? Like little I'll, red berries. I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Man, so <laughs> Nandina bush? Or just Nandina. Um, or like a, a pecan or any a tree like that. Um, if you look at the leaf, well, you think the leaf is just a singular, you know, regular leaf, but it's not. The leaf is the whole structure that comes out from the tree branch. So okay. it has like eight leaflets on it, but it's considered one leaf. Okay. But with a Nandina, Nandina. I think it's like a, a tripinnate leaf. Um, if you look that up, you should be able to see what I'm talking about. It's it's a tripinnate compound. So it's a tripinnate. It's one leaf is so okay. it's just, you know, this right here, mm -hmm. that's one leaf. Okay, interesting. So it's it's just stuff like that. And then it's, you know, soul, how to test or soul. A lot of it is really, you know, kind of geared toward industrial agriculture. Um, so a lot that's what a lot of it is tailored to. You know, like if you're row cropping and you had like you have a hard pan, you and how you, you know, bust up that hard pan, you know, like compact and the stuff like that. Erosion, um, how to deal with that like in your farm. And then next semester, I'm going to kind of dive into landscape more. Um, but I, I'm just going, I'm just taking the, the basics and the foundation from everything I'm learning to use that in a more regenerative way, in a more self-sustaining way than, you know, 
salt-based fertilizers. Okay. That, yep. That, yep. That because mostly all industrial fertilizer is salt-based, and so you'll use the nutrients that's been bound to the salt, but the salt still stays in your soil. Hmm. Is that is that bad though? At a certain point, you'll have too much salt in the ground and it can't grow. So okay, I don't I don't exactly remember my powerpoints from like uh, verbatim, but it's like saltization. Hmm. I was briefly listening to a podcast today about uh, the Johnson Sioux bio oh man i'm gonna screw it up like compost maker thingy that they that they have and it said something about salt when they were first starting it it was like something like too much salt in the in in their compost Mm -hmm. but like by the time it finished like they didn't the salt wasn't high it was just normal and Um, and that one thing i don't know enough about is compost and the cycle of compost i know we go over it in soils it's not entirely in in depth because compost is complicated in its own right you know there's a simple way of you know just doing it but then actually understanding it like um i put in the private chat that salinization it's a process which is water soluble salts accumulate in the soil and then over time it just builds up and it just becomes less usable okay and um, there are there's a lot of stuff in my powerpoints that my teachers made, because like, that's what he does. He has like a um, a hundred acre farm that's that he row crops on, and he takes his stuff to farmers markets. But I'm I'm looking at just not row cropping because right. you know the the pressure you put on your soil through your tractor, the tilling, and you can no till with row cropping. You just you know direct seed it in so many places. Sure. But the amount of space you can get out of that field you row crop on it is, in my opinion, wasted in like a, a homestead, you know, scale or just any regular scale. I think in the Johnson Sioux people that, that were talking who like developed it, if I remember correctly, that there was a particular fungi that grew like in the soil that ate up the salt or absorbed the salt or like bound up the salt. And so that's where all the salt went in their, hmm. in their system. Um, if I remember correctly, that's, that's neat. Yeah. Fungi's neat. Yeah, the, it, it's incredible. If you look at how some of that works. Yeah. Some people are absolutely crazy about like different fungus and like there was a, there was a guy just just yesterday i saw like on tiktok he's like all these he's like all these dumb things that we do with our house like why do we they basically just dump water into like a big tank and then um you know put it down like through like a bunch of pipes into like what would be like the leach field or if you're in the city you oh know, you're talking basically septic? Dump it down the drain yes septic okay yeah when when and then you know insulation like why is it made out of fiberglass like you could be making your own mycelium something or other and you know use that as the insulation in the walls of your house like it's pretty easy and he had i, I all just these think a lot of that points. probably cool. just stops at you know being able to do that on a mass scale it's just i feel like that'd be you know i think you're difficult. right 
Um, but why does everything have to be at a mass scale, I guess? I mean, that's a good question. That just seems to be the way everything we have is all kind of centered around mass production, mass production and industrializing, yep. which everything's been so centralized, you know, mm-hmm. our, our farming, our distribution, everything is so centralized and it's so weak. I mean, we, we saw everything when, with the lockdowns, they shut the world down and we're still feeling the after effects from that. And yeah. just how weak our supply chain is, it's which is why more people need to do this. You know, it's grow your own food, whether it's a t- one singular tomato plant, it doesn't matter. Um, like back in the Great Depression, they had, you know, their victory gardens where they grew their own food. And after World War II, they kind of stopped that because, you know, there was a grocery store around every corner. So then your big pantries started to fade out that you cycle through every year. And it just became a little closet in your house with just right. some food. Right. Yeah. I wonder if on one hand, like there's, there's gotta be like a balance for, you know, mass production. Like, is it just because, Oh, if we just do things at like a huge scale, it's more profitable that way. Or like, no, to even just to break even on certain things, like we have to do it at this scale. You know what I'm talking about? Well, my personal opinion with that is the government gets involved and anything they get involved with, they complicate, you know, they mess up, they screw up. It's It doesn't make anything faster. Like with farming subsidies, we cover that a little bit. And from what I've understood from my teacher, you know, with his experience with it and what he's telling us is it's not worth it. You basically you're paid to grow corn and then till it under and not sell it. Right. So you're basically paying people to keep the corn supply down so you can control the pricing. That that's just what it seems like to me. Do you have your photos uh, pulled up and available? I do. Yeah. Let's let's go through go through some of those. So this is February 3rd, 2020. So I, at some point, I ended up with four 200, or no, four 330-gallon IBC totes. <laughs> and because um, I started watching like Self-Sufficient Me, and he's, you know, the, in Australia, and he just has this huge, incredible raised bed garden. Okay. And I'm like, I don't feel like digging in our ground because we live on a hill it's rocks okay like i didn't feel like digging in that and i didn't feel like growing in that because it it just wasn't worth it and then i just didn't have enough space so at i don't know where the idea came from whether it was me my dad what but these ended up at the house and i cut them in half so that's them Mm -hmm. cut in half and then i took four and then i added eight so that was my first growing season was just eight and then I just went out and just started cutting trees down so to make room for shade or in the sun. Mm-hmm. And then I just went from there. I just decided one afternoon these trees needed to go. And they oh, were, you're using an axe to do it all? <laughs> I did. I did. I, nice. You know, I just like these got to go. And so I just I just go at them. And then that's what it that's what it was for a full growing season. This is and you know when I first started. I just took seeds and I put them in the ground. I didn't, 
I put three or four seeds in each hole. I didn't thin anything out. I just planted. So there's about 12 peppers right here. Okay. And I didn't thin them out the entire time. They just grew and they did unnecessarily good. <laughs> <laughs> they, they shouldn't have done as good as they did being, you know, 15 plants in under 12 square feet of garden space. Right. It's and, almost like square foot gardening level. Yeah. Like condense. Yeah. And then mind you, I only get three hours of full sun. So, okay. I, and that that's what I feel like this is what I was meant to do because anything I seem to try to grow just honestly grows without much problem. And you, this, what do you use to fill the raised beds? So, um, after I raked everything out and had that square, mm -hmm. um, we went and my dad said we could go get some lake, some dirt from the lake where the um, Corps, Corps of Engineers has to dredge, you know, Lake Alatoona. And okay. so we went and we got that, which I didn't know then, which I only found this out a couple, you know, weeks ago, is that it's actually bad dirt. You would think coming from the bottom of the river, it have minerals and stuff in it. Well, it yeah. doesn't. It's a oh. sandy, silt, acidic soil. So that's what I grew in my first year. I, I did add, um, you know, bags of miracle Grow and compost to it. And then um, that's just what it was my first growing season. And then that October, we built a chicken coop. Nice. Like I said, I don't do anything small. So we used this repurposed material from my dad's work and we built this awesome. It's not even a just it's like it's a mobile chicken coop. It's not a chicken tractor. Dude, it looks um, really nice. It, it it really is. And um that's that's some of the <laughs> that's <laughs> how crap. I originally started filling my beds until I realized this is Expensive. Too much to have to fill. Go go back. Go back one slide. I'm gonna I'm gonna count really quick for people. It's about two dozen. It's two dozen it's, bags. It's about of, two dozen bags. It's like of three Miracle cubic Grow. yards. No, it, right? I, I think in each bag, yes. Three okay, just to give people an idea. So it's yeah. like the back of like a I don't know, like a Honda. A, yeah, something. a Toyota Sequoia. It's to slap full. <laughs> the yeah, the all this all the seats are down, and I just threw them in. That's and uh, by the time I was done, I'm looking at my car and it's just kind of sagging in the back a little bit. And I'm like, huh, it's never done that. <laughs> so it's I came home, you know, it's I piled them up there and then kind of added that to, you know, some of the stuff. And these two trees right here. Yep. The, they had a storm and they got knocked down. I see and that. Yeah. I saw that as an opportunity to expand. And so that's what I did. And so that's it looks like. Uh, it looks like the ground got wet or something like that. Then you had heavy winds and the trees started yeah. pull, like getting ripped up out of the ground. For yeah, they just they just okay. came up and out. And then uh, that's more of the coop. And then that's just cutting it down. And then, you know, so first year I direct sowed everything. Second year I started all my seeds indoors. That was my corn. Nice. Um, everything I just did inside with regular just – dirt that i got you know basically bulk um and then this is those eight beds 
from just a nice cleaner, you know, area. Mm-hmm. They're getting full now. I see like you topped them off. Like they, oh, yeah. they're a lot more full. They're higher yes. than the rim. And then I, we, I took apart a deck because I just, you know, being at home, you just get bored. And so I just took our deck off because it needed to be repaired. Okay. And so I just used those boards, screwed them together, and added more raised there beds. And then I threw up a greenhouse. So um, the boards are going to rot, and then who cares? Well, they did. Well, they're pressure treated, so they're still oh, they there. And they, okay. I, I've kind of shifted things around. Uh, some of them, I think, I just threw away. Um, and then it's just, yeah, this is still, you know, you know, and I just, you know, I didn't age my chicken. Um, the stuff came from my chicken coop. I just threw it all straight in bed. That's one of my figs. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I've worried about it burning the plants. No, I never, I never did. I've never aged it. I just took it, threw it in, and it did fine. And this is what I thought would have been a good idea was, you know, trying to grow in the greenhouse like this. I ended. I think I put Very three nice. yards of dirt in there and raked it all out. Looks like you layered it with cardboard too. To I did. I did the bottom there. with cardboard, and then. So this was May of 2021. So this was the next year um, I decided to re readjust how everything laid out. So we, you know, cut the stumps down to the to the ground, and okay. yep. we pulled them together with a truck and a chain, and then just reformatted everything so I could I could use the space better. And and then, and I did. So what? So, uh, forgive my ignorance. What is that in the foreground on the right there? Those are like like a like a squash or a zucchini or something. No, okay, yeah. Those are all yellow yellow crooked neck squash. And um, the second year I grew them, I trellised them up these green poles. So yeah. they just had, and it worked very well. They just had stalks by the time it was done with. I just kind of kept them all the green clustered up to the top. Um, didn't really have much of any problem with powdery mildew. Can you go back one more slide? Yeah. So you've got these cinder blocks in between these. So uh, for, for those listening, so he's got the IBC totes cut in half. He's got a bunch of those. And then he has like these, looks like two by eights, uh, maybe, I don't know, 12 feet long, maybe two feet wide. Um as for like raised beds and it looks like tomatoes are growing in them, but to space, there's like cinder blocks spaced between uh, the raised bed rows. What are those for? Yeah. Um, so those are just 80 pound landscaping bricks that I just mm-hmm. threw at the end. And then I filled that up with mulch so I could have, I could have my pathways. And then when that, Oh, you down, use it as an end cap. Yeah, I use it as an end cap so nothing just float out. Eventually, I just got rid of that and just mulched the whole thing. Everything just had six inches of mulch. Oh, wow. Nice. And like right here where that board is right there, that was for the same thing. Okay. And that's it from the back. How are you – where are you getting your – 
mulch from in your wood chips? Just local um, like tree trimming services? No, we actually made it all. I don't know exactly what we were doing, but we've at some point we had either a tree fall. We've had if you had to rent a chipper several times, and then we ended up breaking down and buying one last year really? or this nice. year. Um, and then this is what I did with the greenhouse is I planted tomatoes all the way down. And you got a favorite kind or just a no. variety? I think all of these were cherry tomatoes. Majority of them were Amish paste because I figured we'd use them in to can. And then this is, that is a truck I used to bring in my dirt to fill up my totes. It fit <laughs> about one yard at a time. Nice. And then it's, I would show like What is it? Like a little, like a little Dodge or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's or? like a, it's a, I think it's a Dodge. Uh, forgot the name of it. That's funny. Um, I mean, it's, it's filled right to the top. Oh yeah. Like. Oh yeah. And cause you know, they, but they'll just go for, I get contractor price now, but they'll just scoop a whole, you know, bucket full and then they'll just dump it in the back of the truck. I'll go, I'll un, I'll unload all of it. I'll go back maybe two or three more times, depending on how much dirt I need. And uh, here you can see a very good um, description of how I did my squash. You used to see him kind of going, growing up that little pole. Yeah. Instead of them laying on the ground. Looks like a tree. Yeah, it does, which it worked for me. I wouldn't do it again just because oh. when you when they're laying on the ground, they have different roots that come down and establish, but they can intake more water and nutrients. And if sure. something happens, like with vine borers, they, they won't get completely knocked out because it has more than one, you know, roots, more than one way for roots to stem down. That makes sense. And then here I am. I ended the growing season. Um, in my second year, I was having a problem estimating, you know, when to keep letting stuff grow. So I ended up cutting my growing season in July. I just ripped everything out and I said, all right, it's time to flip the beds and add more dirt. And that's what I did. And then right here you can see I just filled everything up the rest of the way with wood chips. Mm -hmm. and when you say flip the beds, what does that mean? Okay, so I literally... And looking at this now, I realize it was a waste of time and I was just ridiculous. I dug to the bottom of every bed in each corner and okay. basically flipped the dirt. I like I dug to the bottom of one and then I dug to the bottom of the other. And then I dug to, I dug to the bottom of every corner of every tote and literally makes the dirt in. What, what, what at the time, what did you think that that was going to do for you? I would say, so the original soil we used was, you know, silty, um, sandy silt. And yeah, from so the river? From, from, yeah, from the river. And then I've added other bags of stuff. And I just figured it would kind of mix all in together. And so the way I fill these is I'll add about halfway with wood. And then I'll fill it in with leaves and sticks. and Like, like basically a hugel culture, but just not as, you know, it's, but it's just in a tote. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. And, and, it, and, you know, I enjoyed it because it gave me something to do. Like, you can see how the corners are lower than some of the other sides. Yep. Um, and, and then so, I them all the way up to the top. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're right to the top. Um, and so that was my expansion. Gotcha. So you got another... Two, 
fours, like six uh, IBC totes cut in half for another 12 bets. Well, not exactly. I think with these is so with the 330 gallons, you can cut them in half directly. And so with these, like, so the ones I filled in over here, I just use the tops and put them over here because these all have like metal and plastic pallets on the bottom with a drain you can turn on and off. Oh, okay. Nice. I was going to ask about the, the IBC totes. Um, do you like have holes in the bottom of them for any drainage? So like, it's not just getting like, you know. Yeah. So the first ones I, you know, I went, I was like, I went all out. I drilled a three inch hole in every corner and then unscrewed the lid on the tops. And it's like, okay, that's it. That was too difficult, too much time. So I just I did it again. I just unscrewed the lids off. I've got this giant, probably like 60, 70 pound metal spike. And I just stabbed holes in the bottom of them. And yeah. then I just threw them in. Um, the wood at the bottom kind of helps, you know, the water go down. Over time, um, as that breaks down, I still think it it will drain out enough through the bottom. It should be fine. I haven't had any problems with the ones that are just flat on the ground, but with the ones that are on the pallet, if yeah. you don't leave that open and you get rain and forget about it, the bed will get full of water right. and drown your asparagus. Right. Yeah. We've got some like, uh, you know, like wine barrels, like cut in half on the front porch and yeah, that's... they got overwatered. And I mean, it was like soup in there. Like, <laughs> why do these, why do these flowers look terrible? And well, I pulled back the mulch and it was like, it was, I, I don't know whatever worse than mud is, but that's what it, yeah, was. it was. I know what you're talking very, about. Very I know exactly what you're talking about. You'd like run out the bottom of the barrel. Like it was it just like stained the, stained the porch and everything. And then, and so are you, there's an example of how I fill up the bottom. Okay. It's pretty packed full of wood. Is it oh, yeah. dry or is it already rotted? It's whatever I have at my access. It okay. could be fresh wood we cut up from a pine, uh, oak, whatever. I, I think these last beds I filled up, there was someone who cut this gigantic, probably maybe 100-year-old oak down because it was just in their front yard. Hmm. And then they had all the wood piled up at the road. Well, I stopped. I filled my trailer full of wood, and then I came home, and I put those in some of my newest beds. Um, with your garden beds, I don't know how it how it's been for you. So this year, I didn't uh, I didn't turn my bed at all, and I, I let's see, I was about a it was like a, maybe a month into the growing season, and I I pull back some of the mulch, and I'm like, what is this white stuff, um, in the soil? And people are like. Dude, that's like mycelium. Like that's what you want in your. I like have I have so much fungus. of that in my bed. Yeah, I have, it's, it's I have I have some beds. One bed that was just slapped full of it. Um, the whole thing was just <laughs> the whole thing. It, the whole thing. You could date it. It just it was all over. And I didn't really know if that was like a, you know, what it was. If it was a bad fungus, a good fungus, infection, in dirt. I had no idea. I didn't care. I left it alone. Said it'll it'll sort itself out. Um, either nothing will grow or it will. And I don't care. Um, you know, I just really didn't pay much attention to it and mm -hmm. then just kind of kept on going. 
And so what is this grassy stuff? Okay. So like the kind of questions you gave me, um, just like preemptively was like, what was one of your biggest failures? And this, that was what I was going to use as an example for that is okay. The green, this greenhouse was overall a failure because of, um, you know, I planted all these tomatoes in the greenhouse all the way down, grew this, grew them by, grew the seeds inside, do the tomatoes. They started to bloom flower. They got huge, but I didn't leave the door open. So, so they could get pollinated. Oh, so they just, they didn't do anything. And then, um, after all my beds were at rest, you know, after the growing, this growing season, I think we're in, yeah, 2021, this is my second growing season. And I figured, well, I I don't really want to just leave it open to the elements. I figure I'll, you know, do a cover crop. So I picked winter rye. And so all my beds just had grass in them. (laughs) And it, you know, it looked great. It was really cool. It was sort of sod farm. <laughs> it was exactly what it ended up being, and it's like the it's like the thickest grass of all time. Yeah, it really like it was great. Um, but then we got those trees cleared. If you can see how completely different it is now, yeah, I added more. It's like the winter. Yeah, it is, and that I added more toads. Dude, what that, you could cool. do with that winter rye is you could uh, cut chunks out and sell it to people in apartments for their pets to poop on. Yeah, you know what? I didn't think about that. I ended up eventually breaking down, letting all my chickens out, and just they went to town on them. And then, I kid you not, um, when summer came, I cut them all down to the ground with with, with scissors. <laughs> You didn't borrow like a weed whacker or anything? I, you know, that would have been the easy way to do it. You know what? Uh, being If I was 21, I would probably do it with scissors too. Just because yeah. that's, yeah. And these are these are the logs I use from our goat's pasture from a tree we cut to fill up those. And then I got more dirt to fill up the one, two, three. Ten totes I added. Um, so I went from 12 to here added 10 so that's 22 and then i kept going and then i filled up all the ones in the back nice and then i added even more where did you where are you sourcing this for people that want to use ibc totes where do you source them as long as you're not in north georgia i encourage you to go and get all these you can get so they did come from my dad's work um they would sit them out and they would just stay there and he brought some home and then I'd be like, he'd bring some home every time they got available. And then it just became a, a problem. A what good kind problem. of industry, like um, what kind of industry is your dad in that? It was, well, he's a machine. I heard like you can get like, you know, stuff from like the Coke facility, like Coca-Cola or something. Well, he he's a machinist by trade. So where he worked at was an automotive plant and okay. in these totes was, some of them had hydraulic fluid. Some of them had eco-coolant, which is a water-soluble, water-based hydraulic fluid. And so with like the the ones that ha- had hydraulic fluid, not anyway, um, I wash them out, use soap, scrub them down. When I get tired or oh, they're good enough, I throw dirt in there. Okay. Um, and then some people, you know, 
I haven't really had much breakdown of the totes after three years. They're still they're still kicking. Um, the chemicals inside, I feel like by the time they got absorbed into the soil, absorbed into the plant, absorbed into the fruit, and then absorbed into you, would be so minuscule, it wouldn't be any different than eating a bag of chips. But again, a lot of that will just get washed through the beds as it rains and I water it. Right. I've also then, heard that like not everything like the plant will absorb. Like if it doesn't need, you know, a yeah. certain uh, mineral, it's not going to take that yeah. mineral. Yeah. Like it's not just like a, Oh, it's here. So I have to eat it. Yeah. Um, and that does that through the ketonic exchange. If, if my memory serves me right from school. Ketonic exchange sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. Um, and then our neighbor had a bunch of pine trees taken down. So I just took those, cut them up, filled up those new beds that I replaced. Um, the two long beds that had the tomatoes in, I yeah. put three right there. And then Ooh. I'm like, I need trellises. I need to go vertical. And so we get, I get by cattle panels. I run in T-post and then I put these nice cattle panels over. Really yeah. proud of how those came out. That ended up, helping me produce 125 pounds of cucumbers from 20 oh, from 20 plants. Nice. And this is my, this is a back right here on this front row to the left. We have asparagus. I've got about 60 asparagus in those totes, probably overplanted. But again, the goal is to just with these over here is to store them. It's not their permanent home. They're not there to be production. They're there. So they don't die. Okay. And then so when they we take get, like three years to actually start producing. Yeah. So I bought two year old crowns. I bought two purple variety nice, and okay. two green variety. Um, and so they're just kind of chilling, overcrowded. They they did great. They produced a whole lot better this year. I didn't harvest from them on their third year. I'll probably take a little bit off of them next year. Um, and then like these sixteen blueberry bushes in the third row, I got from Lowe's from clearance. That was like my first taste of Lowe's clearance, <laughs> um, which is now so much worse. And then, so I had my little worse figs. Foul. Okay, so um, after school one day, I figured, is there a Lowe's nearby? Because I'll just go check their clearance. Well, they had 53 blueberry bushes on their clearance rack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need these, do I? And and I, I ended up de- needing them. So I walk out the door and I said, the lady at checkout, and uh, what would you take if I wanted to buy all 50 blueberry bushes right now? Because they were $16 a piece. On clearance, yep. it would have been eight. And she says, well, let me call a manager. And then, well, this those has MST. They're green shirts. I love them. They're my favorite people in the world now. Um, but they called over this guy older guy, uh, store supervisor, store owner. I don't know. That's the vibe I got from him. And that's kind of what one of them said. And uh, I asked him, what will you take? I took all 50 of them right now. And he said four. And I said three. And he said, uh, 375. And I didn't need them. So I was like, oh, 350. And he says, no, I can't do 50. He's like, I can't go lower than 350. And he says, "All right, take him." He he like kind of you kind of begrudgingly did it, but I got a sixteen dollar blueberry bush for three fifty. 
These things nice. are fine. And so that started it. And then I just kept going back and back and back every Tuesday after I get a 100 on my test, I go to Lowe's and come home with plants. I've come home with 50 blackberry bushes for a dollar a piece, 15 birds of paradise for a dollar a piece, a nine foot tall uh, crab apple tree for $20. It was 115. Um, I got a bunch of lilies, you know, just so many, so many, many things. And then I got like a bunch of landscaping stuff, like a Mugo pines, different types of junipers and like four gallon pots. They were like 70 bucks. I got for 10. Wow. So yeah, I've, I've, I've essentially gotten $6,000 worth of plants from Lowe's for only about $600. Dang dude. That is, that's a nice flex. (laughs) You know, it really is. Start your own nursery or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to do almost anything that can be imagined. I'm going to do it. So nursery production, you know, landscaping, everything. So like with these birds of paradise, they're so they were busting out of their pots. They were so bad. Um, if I, I if I had a picture, I would pull it up. Um, but they were it was crazy. It was extremely crazy. I so I'm gonna cut them in quarters and then repot them, and then I can sell them for like ten dollars each. I've already sold four of them. I've already made my money back on them. Nice. And so, but if I could sell them one plant. For four for for ten dollars a piece, that's forty dollars for a plant I paid one dollar for. Right. So you know, and then I can make my money back on those birds of paradise alone. But I also got twenty one uh, hibiscus trees that are you know that can do good from zone six to ten, and I got those for a dollar forty two each. So those are twenty six dollar plants I got for a dollar forty two. And they're Dude, perennial. That's so they'll, they'll come back next year. Have a job. <laughs> well, because I haven't sold them yet. That's that's buzz. And so that's a buzz. Yeah, right here is I, I started getting these from my work. So the place I was getting them from my dad's, he changed job. The guy we were getting them from, or the place we we're getting them from, one of the guys there ended up doing his own version of this, which was a complete waste of twenty of these things. Um, but again, there was 20 there and we just had to go get them and bring them home. That would have been 40 beds, but he, yeah. he came with his 20 foot trailer, loaded them all up and they just disappeared. And mm. so I'm like, um, so I did had a lot of just no growth. Then I get a job and they get three to four of these things every week, which is food grade adhesive glue. Okay. And so I start bringing these home. I start bringing these home and so I start because they're these are 275 gallon instead of 330 gallon. Mm-hmm. So with the 330 gallon, you have an even six squares, but on these you only have five. So you can't get two full size totes. You only get partial totes. So I was like, okay, I'm like, I can't. These all can't be together. I need different separate sections. I can put these. I've got my, my section that just go flat on the ground. I've got the ones for that are on pallets. And then I've got these little minis. And so I just start putting them around my figs because they don't need that much, you know, 
they're not going to get in the way. And then I proceeded to put more back there, more up front. That was, I ended up, uh, after I mulched the walkway, I ended up sleeping out there a couple nights underneath <laughs> the, like in between, like the, these beans right here and underneath. Uh, That's a nice shot. That's like, what, like sleeping, like cowboy camping? I mean, I slept on the ground in a sleeping bag. That's the first thing I saw when I woke up. With, with, so yeah, so nothing above you. Yeah, that's cowboy nope. camping. Yeah, okay. That's nice. Um, They're like not in the tent, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, it's right there in the middle of that pathway. I just, you know, <laughs> threw down a pillow, a camping bag, and I just I just slept. Dude, and, I bet uh, all that mulch underneath you is actually like a pretty nice cushion, like better than any sleeping pad I've had, like bought at REI or something. It's It's not terrible. Um, the thing about it is it's at a slot slant. So I was kind of sleeping downward the whole night. Like with my feet just kind of like, I feel like I just could like a slide. Um, I didn't move, but it it was just like, I couldn't really keep my head on the pillow. Um, but it it was great. I I would, it was just so much fun. And uh, what about like, did you like, was there like condensation like on your sleeping bag when you woke up? Like I feel like my sleeping bag would be wet. No, no, because this was in May, okay. so there wasn't much. This is again, this is this growing season. Um, I started my first with eight, second with twelve, my third I started with thirty in my main section. I didn't include the section in the back because I didn't I didn't keep up with that as well. These are some of the first things I started to get. Nice. That is an odd looking. I don't even know what that is. What is that white the thing? Squash. Like? It's a it's a patty pan squash. <laughs> um, they're actually really good. I don't know exactly how you cook them. I just kind of cut it up into cubes and stir fry them. It was kind of sweet. Um, yeah. I mean, it's good for like a stir fry squash. That looks very funny. Um, and that's those are my cucumbers trellis. I wish I had a picture where the cucumbers are in full. Cause it was, sure. it was magic. Are you consuming all this food or do you like sell it or just give it away? So I ended up growing 120 pounds of cucumbers yeah. and I canned majority of them. I ended up okay. canning 12 gallons of my great grandmother's sweet pickle recipe. Oh, wow. So that's 12 times five. Cause it's five pounds, five to seven pounds per gallon jar. I think it's seven. So uh, 84 crazy. pounds of cucumbers I pickled. And then I did dill pickles on top of that. Wow. And then that's a, that's, I started adding more in the back. It just, I just kept going and kept going and I just keep getting, those are some of my cucumbers, tomatoes. Nice. These are the cucumbers I pickled. Excellent. Oh, geez. Yeah. You got, yep. You got six, six gallon jars there. Yes. It's a bad plant. Nice. And I, I don't like eggplant. I grew it just to grow it. I either I did cook it the worst way possible. Um, I may try a different variety next year. These were black beauty. They were gross. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I did eggplant parmesan. 
I put a lot of time into making that for it to be extremely disappointing. <laughs> and that that is my profile picture for this. Yeah. It's the best, you know, most aesthetic basket that I picked this year. Um, that carrot was actually in the middle of one of my blueberry beds where I have never planted a carrot in any of those ever. Good. And it just it came up. That's great. What's that one on the left that looks kind of like funky? Like it looks super wide. It's a, it's a cucumber. Okay, that cucumber. So that's two of them grew from the same bloom together. Oh, that, that explains it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever was, seen that before. Yeah, I had, I, had, I had a couple that did that. And then that's after I pulled all my cucumbers down. And I just, I just threw them all in the walkway. You know, I'm going to separate my tomatoes. I just took those down. Wednesday. And so I'm going to take those, put those in a separate pile to, you know, cut down on just disease, you know, take it. I would like to till it in, but I don't really want to just compound, you know, disease and for, for future seasons. Sure. So are you going to give all those leaves to your chickens or just let them break down right there? No, I was just going to, I took them out and then I've got a tote that's about halfway full of just dirt kitchen scraps, you know, plants that died, I just threw in there. And so I'm just going to kind of use that and just everything's just going to break down to that bed. And then I'll probably bury something if it dies in there and then have that, that process, all the bugs and insects. That's one thing, you know, that's sad about farming is when you lose an animal. But one of the things is when you see all the bugs come out of the woodwork to decompose it, Mm-hmm. things you've never seen before it you know it's a part of the, the ecosystem but it's just really cool to watch them work absolutely and so, so some of those totes are a little yellow was there something um like in there before like that turned them yellow or that's yes yeah, so it's they... that was one of the i think active glue and they kind of left a yellow hinge. Some of them have like flaky stuff that can come off. Okay. Um, nothing real, like, and the ones that did, I kind of scraped off as much as I could. Um, yeah. Again, what I would like to do with these totes is when I get them moved, dump everything out of them, dirt and all, and then rearrange them. And some of them I want to do in like a raised bed grow house. So back here. So what I want to do with this is take those totes, set them out one, and then, you know, like my the smaller cut totes that are like maybe two, three feet high, mm-hmm. set those in the middle, and then add another cattle panel that extends up here. So it's two 16-foot cattle panels, and then take one that goes down. Mm-hmm. And so there I can grow, I can trellis cucumbers up the middle, and then I can tie tomatoes down heat, down the sides, and then I can put greenhouse plastic over the top so i can start them in february they're growing good in you know april take it off they're they're already you know a month and a half ahead and then i can go ahead and start a second planting so i can get basically two crops from the same bed and then in the fall i just throw the tarp back on plant carrots cabbages broccoli and just do all that underneath the plastic gotcha so you just make your own um your own greenhouse essentially instead of buying a kit 
Yeah. So nice. and I do I still want to buy several of those giant kits, like those farmer's friend, hundred foot, sixteen foot wide yeah. green grow houses. Because that's that's I, I just can't I just would love to do that. Um but again, each of these beds are like three point eight feet long. So I have thirty of them. I can put, you know, two rows of fifteen and then you've got forty five feet already. Do you have to amend your soil with anything every year, or what do you what do you use to prep your beds for the season? So every year, so far that I've come up to, most of them have been new, fresh beds. Every year, I have more new beds than old beds, almost. Okay. And so, with my oldest beds, these these two up front right here, my mm-hmm. first ones, their soil is still great. Um. It's still full of worms, full of life. I'll, I'll, what I try to do is in the winter, add leaves and stuff on top. Yep, same. Um, I don't really want to do any heavy wood chips because it doesn't really break down as fast. Um, I would maybe do that once everything's planted. And so it has more, you know, in the summer heat in the, mm-hmm. and it has more activity underneath it would break it down more than doing that in the winter. And so far, I haven't had any problems with deficiencies. I, since I've started, I've never had any problem with blossom inrun on tomatoes, which you know doesn't just come from calcium deficiency, but it's also uh, inconsistency in water. So like you don't water them like on a schedule too much, not enough. It's just it varies so much. That's another thing that can give them inrot, but I haven't had any problems like that. Stop right there. Right here. Yeah, what's that bushy one? This right here? Yep. Those are cannas. Um, I got on this app. It's Neighbors. And this lady was trying to get rid of a bunch of cannas. And so cannas are an edible flower. You can eat the rhizome and you can eat the leaves. Hmm. And so I figure that's that's something that I'll have. They're pretty. But then if I, if I ever need to, I can eat them or wanted to. And so I went, dug up two trash bags full of them. And then I planted, broke them off, separated them, took the good ones, the bad dirt, and then I just planted them all in that. That sounds pretty interesting. I've never do they do they flower or do they just like make big leaves? They do. C a n n a flower. Okay. Oh yeah, those are pretty. Yeah, and um, I like some of these variegated ones right here. I actually dug up some of those. Uh, last month so i have some of those now oh cool bengal tiger canna lily plants are they all of the lily family um i don't know oh okay that's fine i was just curious the leaves look cool these these are the pictures of all the birds of paradise in my car mm-hmm. <laughs> when I get that's in your car, car that's packed. yeah it's in my car those are all the blackberries in the back of my car um nice. i had 50 of them back there wow. and then these are i put the 50 blueberries in these two beds right here um i cut the cannas down and move them into one of the shorter beds out front and so i just kind of left their foliage there um that was just a placeholder. These are German irises that I got from a friend. These are two beds of lilies I got from Lowe's. And then this is some fuzzy applewood mint that I got from my great-grandmother's home. Some of the last bit of it, I have kind of brought that back 
and I have a surplus of it now. And then these are some of the landscaping plants I got from Lowe's. To know your landscape in your parents' place. Well, not exactly. I would like to get <laughs> I would like to get paid for the plants and then my time installing them. So we're gonna see what happens. Some of them I'll probably use up at my grandmother's house for um erosion. She has a bad spot that really needs something oh, sure. put back there. Right. And then that's you know the those are the um, uh, hibiscus. And then these are the, the, again, Birds of Paradise. And just have them all there. They're now in my greenhouse. Oh, those are pigs. Um, this pigs? is... Oh, what? All right. So that is my greenhouse. We, we I set another one up because I had about two at the, three at the same time. I saw I'm still one. on the pig picture. I don't know if, you, oh. if it's okay. It's frozen well, or something like that. I had a picture of a greenhouse. So, yes, these are the pigs. Um, there's quite a bit of story to these pigs. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was never told I could have a pig, but I got this one right here in the middle. Um, it's an Ossabow. It's was native. It was introduced to an island off the coast of Georgia in, I think, 1527. And I was like, well, I need one because when, when is the next chance I'm just going to, you know, have one available to me, you know, 30 minutes away. So I got him and then whoops, funny enough, one of my classmates at school ended up buying two pigs from the same person, but they're these two right here, these two pink ones. Yep. And so she lived within city limits. The city found out because one of her relatives reported them. And then they said, you got to get them going by then. So I kind of waited. She was trying to sell them. But I just kind of waited to the last minute. And then I just swooped in and got them for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And and then so I go back to the guy because he he needs help, you know, because they just bought the oldest house. Well, they didn't just buy. They owned the oldest house. They fixed it up in K-Springs. Um, the oldest house in Floyd County. And, you know, they want, they they fixed up beautiful house. Um, but they wanted some bush hog work done. I bought a, I bought a DR push mower. Okay. Wonderful. It, it's a, it, it has, it says it's something you can't cut grass more than taller than eight inches. I've cut grass four feet tall with it. I love it. <laughs> it's, it says, it says you can cut a tree. It's two and a half inches. I've cut a tree that's like four inches. You just start at the top and you slowly gear your way down. Um, so I did about two hours worth of work for him. And then I left with four pigs. I like your pig pen, by the way, in case. Uh, <laughs> so, so he's got IBC totes and stacked too high and like making like a perimeter around these pigs. And that's his pig pen. Yeah, that was my um, last minute pan I threw together. I have 34 of these just sitting. They were sitting in a giant cube. I had them stacked three tall. I, you know, I, you know, if you if you know how to hold these things right, you can pick them up and you can toss them however you want to. Sure. And sure. so I had these stacked three tall, 
so I kind of deconstructed the cube, spread them out, and then made a pin. And so the pin is actually bigger than this now because I slid the the wall over another whole tote because I I still I keep bringing them home from work. <laughs> so and slowly expand. Yeah, and uh, you know what I, what I'll do is I actually traded four totes for a a tent, a like fourteen by fourteen canvas tent. Oh, um, nice! That's and so I get deal. I get these totes for free. Okay, he asked me, you know, what he would do to trade it, you know, for some from some totes for his tent because they just got a new building. I said, I mean, I'd let him go for seventy five dollars a piece, and and he says, okay, how many you do it? I said I could do three or four. He said, can you do four? I said, yeah, I'll do four. So I get I pick him up from work at six o'clock in the morning on Monday. Well, no. they don't fit in your Toyota. No, no, I have a trailer. I can stack six on my trailer. Um, I actually have a picture. I'll send see if I can send it to my Discord, and then I can pull it up because it's it's truly a sight to see. Uh, just <laughs> okay. the way I have these stacked, um, it, it's ridiculous. I can go ahead and hide uh, hide this um, for a second while you while if you want to go find it. So go ahead and. Um, so, you, so you, it was six a.m. or something like that, and you picked up your yeah. The, so it uh, was it was six work. o'clock in the morning, and I go and pick these up, and then I go straight to his house in K Springs. You know, I don't go home, I don't go to school. I go straight to his house in K Springs, and it, I go and unload them, and then I pick up this tent, and then I'm home free. So I end up going to class with this gigantic. Like I think it's like fourteen. I guess, um, yeah, I think it's fourteen by fourteen. That's a good and size. It's a good size, and it comes with a furnace, like a, a furnace to do indoors. Um, yeah, like a like a small like a wood burning stove. Yeah, and like yeah. Uh, inside with like a yeah. I've looked at them before because it'd yeah. be cool to own bought, and have all the property and stuff. Yeah, yeah he bought one. He bought it for like two thousand dollars, and I ended up getting it for free. I mean, the time it took and in gas to go get it and then come back. That's and, a really good deal. You know, it really was. It was a steal, you know, and he didn't he didn't question me on it and he didn't bargain. He didn't try to push for more. I was like, that's on you. That's crazy. Cause like, yeah, those those totes, like I see them online for like, I don't know, average probably like a hundred bucks a piece. And you gave up four of them for a two thousand dollar tent. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, granted the tent was used for two years straight. Um, I still didn't have to pay for it. So, so the canvas I, itself might be a little weathered and, you know, maybe a little bit, but not have enough. You opened it care. up. Like, is it, I actually it walked, I actually or? walked inside it when he had it open. Oh, um, okay. so he was the day I was there to bush hung, which I, I sent some pictures. I sent it, ended up sending it to your telegram. Cause that was oh, okay. the easiest way for me to send it. Sure. Sure. And, um, so if you want to pull those up, you can show all those pictures. And then I can I can talk about him. And, okay. Uh, and so he walks me through, shows me this. I was like, "Give me a price on it. If I were just want to buy it, what would you do?" 
and I don't know what it is with these guys. They're great people, but they just want to that those that was the bird of paradise when I took it out of the pot. That's wow. That's how bound it was. So I it's saw like all roots. Yeah. And it's all new growth and new leaves. So I just sawed that in, into four quarters and slapped them in new pots. Oh. And then that was some of the bush hog work I did for him. So that's that machine that you said that yeah. you bought? The DR mower. DR. Yeah. L- great little machine. I bought that with four hours on it for $2,000. A brand new one would have cost me like 3600 with shipping. Oof. Dang, you're really going to town. That's like a oh, yeah, and big all of that, cut. all the way like into the barn. That was it was like all the way. It was that tall, all the way into the barn. And this is uh, the guys that bought like his super old house or something. Yeah, they bought the oldest house, the oldest standing house in Floyd uh, Floyd County, and fixed it. I can't believe. Look at all that overgrowth. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It was just insane. And that wasn't even that wasn't even his yard. He paid me to bush hog someone else's yard because he wanted <laughs> to try to move that building to his property because they gave it to him. Huh. Okay. Uh, it just looks like a bunch of tin. I mean, I like yeah. scrap tin. It, I mean, there's thousands. It's of really, there. it's a really good building. The inside of it, if you go back one picture, super sturdy post. Those, okay. those go into the ground. They're concrete. The tin is put together <laughs> with nails. I was like. We're not going to be able to move this. My idea was to, I guess, cut all of the posts off, attach them on like some type of ski or skid, and like pull it with a tractor. But then at that point, you'd have to do so much cross bracing. It wouldn't be worth the time and money. You're going to have to pay me to move it. Right. So, what what happened to the building? It's it's still there. It's just standing. Oh, okay. So I did I did all that, and that's the tent. Oh, nice! It's I love it. I I love it because Did it come with that canopy or on it too. It comes with the canopy. Sweet, and and so that that like really plays into me wanting to just go live in a tent in eight months, build a house. Except I don't have to build a house now because I've got a tent. There you go. I dude, if I was, uh, I'd be doing exactly what you're doing. Uh, Good for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and then that's that's it finished. Um, and again, this only took me two hours. I and I was there to go for four, and we just kind of settled up. And so you I got four home. pigs for two hours worth of work. Well, yeah, and I still got two out, two more hours. I'm gonna do with them. Um, oh, okay. I got you. But then again, but see that through, through them, I've made a connection because they know a mushroom farmer in Atlanta who goes through like 60 mushroom bricks a week. So if I can get his number, I will drive to Atlanta every week to get those, you know, used mushroom bricks that are like mulch. And then I'm just going to brick my path like in between my toes. I'm just going to brick them. I'm just going to, it's going to be, compressed wood chip mushroom bricks see the thing about the 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 mushroom he gets they'll grow mushroom so you'll just have lion's mane mushrooms just growing in the middle of your walkway um what's a used mushroom brick like they grow mushrooms and use it for what and then it's spent yeah so it's like in this plastic case so you know the like a bag of cedar chips you'll get at the grocery like a tractor supply yeah 
Well, it's that, but the size of a shoebox. And it's got okay. like soy husk and, and stuff in it. And it's into this just plastic brick. You cut holes in it. You put your mushroom sample in. And then it grows like production scale mushroom farm. Okay. So say you want lion's mane, you put the lion's mane culture in there. And it just grows a brick of mushrooms. Hmm. And then when they're spent, they're not like production standard. But you take them, you break them up, you put them on new fresh mulch. Mushrooms are going to grow. And that's Dang. as that breaks down, that's going to be an incredible compost. Just incredible. I was going to say the the soil is just going to like, it's going to be like more valuable than gold. It really would be. And that's another picture of the pigs uh, when I first brought them home. Because again, I put these in the back of my car. So I had four pigs in the back of my car. Then went to the school uh, fall festival. And then I sold some, you know, birds of paradise to uh, a girl from class and then did like a little plant swap. And, th- and then those are the, that's how I stack the totes on my trailer. <laughs> that is like the tiniest trailer, but you make it work. I love it. I do. That's and this thing, the thing is, is they were being pulled on an even smaller trailer <laughs> that I overloaded with too much dirt and I blew the wall off the tire because it just oh, kind of, no. it just kind of broke like the, the wire inside the tire came deformed. Dang. And so then we got this, the the wheel and axle on these are from like a, a mobile home trailer. So we can hold, if I'm not mistaken, 8,000 pounds. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've tested it and it works. like it holds 8,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, I've put four yards of dirt on that trailer. I've, you know, lined cattle panels up and I've slapped it full and then brought that home and shoveled it out. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so <laughs> this is this this took quite the turn. I love it. Let's, yeah. No, no, this, this is fantastic. Let's go. Let's pick like two or three questions. Um, okay. So after all of that, what's been the biggest challenge in like gardening that you faced? I guess like. Like homesteading, because like I would say like homesteading, because you know there's like the garden and the yeah, like I'm the gardening and pickling, me, and you got. I wouldn't pods. say I'm homesteading. I would just say you know it's like a hobby farm, because in my opinion, to homestead you need to be self sufficient in some aspect, more than just you know what I've done. Um, you know, I've got chickens, I've got you know pigs now with like mm-hmm. the last two months. Um, but I've got like 36 chickens. I've got 12 goats. You know, it's they're just kind of pets. The egg, the chickens lay eggs. You know, I'm growing them out, and then they're going to end up getting processed because I've hatched some out. They're gonna they're gonna be replaced, and um, we're building a chicken plucker. But I still don't think we're at that level of homestead yet because everything's just kind of on hiatus. So if if it was There'd be like six trees taken down. I'd be getting 12 hours of sun. There'd be 120 raised beds in the yard if it were me. So, but I would have to say the hardest challenge for me is myself because I don't do anything at a reasonable entry level. 
um, I just do it. I go all in. I go all the way. Like when we first got chickens, again, I got two dozen chickens for seven fifty a piece. We ended up driving an hour and a half to get them and met this crazy guy. It was everything is always something. And then I did these raised beds. I have 70 of them now with 60 on standby. 60 on standby. Oh man, you uh you really are you really are insane. Um yes. What <laughs> What is it like this that this just like scratches your itch, I guess the, the gardening and stuff. Like what, why are you giving it like a hundred percent all the time? Like what does it for you? So for me, it's my end goal. Um, I know we stated before, I don't know if we were live or not, but it kind of got me into it is after my name, like during the period where I started after high school and with my Nana on hospice, I started to like reflect at myself and look at myself. I'm like, I was pushing a weight I didn't appreciate, which was 310. And then I started talking to a buddy of mine in Oklahoma and he says, man, you gotta, you gotta lose weight. And I'm like, you're right. I do. So I start, you know, intermittent fasting, just cut a whole meal out. You know, it's unnecessary. It's an easy way to cut your calories. And then I started reading the backs of ingredients, you know, words you can't pronounce that you learn to pronounce that you come to find out is a known carcinogen, you know, in your, in your log cabin maple, your log cabin syrup, you know, carcinogens, pop tarts, junk food. And then, so I start cutting this stuff out. I cut out fast food. I cut out soda. Just stop. I lose 40 pounds. And so I really reflect on that is I want to grow food, not only vegetables, but production, you know, chicken, beef, you know, um, in a way that's eco-friendly, I guess you could put it an easy way, a sustainable way that you can kind of do it all within yourself, you know, on the same yep. farm, in the same place. And not only but for myself, but for my future spouse and my future children, because I want them to grow up with food they saw, they help grow, that's pure and not overly processed. As simply processed as it can be. If it has a seed and if it's made of meat, we're going to eat it. That's crazy. Um, so how come how come you're thinking that like the pigs and the goats are just like pets? Well, I've always kind of grown up around um, the goats. Uh, my dad did it when they had their chicken houses. And um, we just kind of stuck with it. And when they moved to where we're at now... Um, there's always there, you know, keep the passion down. I don't, we haven't eaten them. They're not dairy goats. It's boar, Savannah, Kiko. They're all meat breeds. We'll occasionally sell them. Um, when we get, you know, when we breed them yearly, we'll find, find homes for them to get eaten at. And um, the pigs, well, <laughs> they were really unexpected, a really unexpected downfall that I kind of fell into. Yeah. And um, like this morning, we actually took two of the pigs. Um, to a buddy of mine at work, he had these two huge, maybe 200, 250 potbelly pigs. They're six times the size of pigs that I gave him. And we just swapped, even swapped. And so we're actually going to butcher those out tomorrow morning and get hopefully a couple hundred pounds of pork for nothing. Wow, that's 
pretty insane. Two more questions. So then what's the best part? Is it all like everything? Yeah, everything. I have to say everything is the best part to sum it up simply. The satisfaction of seeing the seed you planted grow, you know, just everything. It's it's great. You can't be any better. Even in the failures, it's great. Even in the failures. That's true. That's true. Like, wow, I didn't know that. I learned. And uh, that sucked to learn that. But now I know. I learned that. What would you tell people that want to get started? Do it. Get up. Go out. Build something. Especially for younger men my age, you know, 21, 18, whatever. You're in a funk. Go build something. Create something better than yourself. You're made to build. Go build. Perfect. I love that. Um, since we since we skipped the entire intro, let's just do it right now. I'm good with uh, that. All right. What's your style? It, random, insane, <laughs> random. crazy. <laughs> fly by the seat of your pants. That that is what I do twenty four seven. Is I just fly by the seat of the pants. There you go. I I think that's more my style too. Like I have an outline of like for like questions because like. You know, some sometimes people need a little help, like getting the answers like pulled out of them, because um, they they'll give very short, like two sentence answers. I'm like, okay, how am I gonna stretch this? Yeah, out my my, my whole thing was I was feel like I was probably gonna talk way too much, and I didn't rant on as long as I thought I would, but I feel like I did fine. You did fantastic. Uh, I think. I think the pictures helped you specifically a lot. Yeah. I mean, I loved watching the, like seeing all the pictures and stuff. That's there's like a good, like visual aid. Um, but it like, if I was in your spot, it would help like keep me moving. Like yeah, it, it helped me, about. it helped me stay on track. But then again, it's very hard to describe some of the things I've done, you know, on a timeline without examples, because, you know, I started by going out one day and deciding to cut trees down break the ground, throw down garden beds. And then that snowballed into so much more that you really can't explain by just talking without getting completely off track, which we did anyway. Yeah, that's true. We did anyways. (laughs) I got, I got one last question that, uh, that I thought of. So I get, I know how you got into it, but how, where did you start learning? I don't, I don't know. I just did. I would have to <laughs> say majority of it came from YouTube. Um, you know, if I had a question, I'd look it up. Um, so again, self-sufficient me, all your top YouTubers in my gardener, Epic Gardening, Charles Dowling, you know, all of them, just Justin Rhodes, all like your big main core people. I just started watching them. And then I just started doing and doing, building, creating, and I just, it has spiraled out of control since you should uh do you post a bunch on instagram or is it kind of like the occasional thing on twitter um i haven't posted really anything on twitter but i'm going to start i know i do on my facebook and instagram um i'm going to hopefully start posting more and more and as close closer and closer as we get to moving to you know my great grandmother's home place back to that. I'm going to 
I'm going to fully document that because that's always been my plan is to document for me. And if people want to watch it, cool. But a YouTube and other of these platforms are such good places to store chronological events through video. And that's what I plan on doing from day one, stepping grounds, letting goats clear out all the brush that's growing up around the house, around all the trees, from landscaping to fencing to developing the whole property from bees to chickens to everything, um, to flowers, to vegetables, just the whole thing. I fully intend on recording it and uploading all that at some point. It's just a matter of when. That sounds like an incredible like journey and like process. And it'd be, it'd be really cool to watch the whole, you know, from start to finish, you know, which obviously will take years, but it will, it will be a very long process, but when I'm let off my restrictive leash, things are going to get done fast. <laughs> Perfect. Cause it, again, like there's only so much I can do here. We have a, a limited backyard. We've got five acres, you know, Mm-hmm. not hardly any sun again i'm going all of this stuff i've shown you on three hours of sun it's you know full and i'm talking direct sun you know cucumbers right, tomatoes right. it says grow six hours direct sun i've got half that and i'm still producing these you know great vegetables which is a part of me feels like i was this is what i was born to do i was born to grow things and that's why i've really gone into it all the way awesome well, I will have a link to your uh, Twitter and your Instagram. You provided me with that stuff. So I'll have a link for that in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you for your time. This was this is awesome. And you're, thank you for yours. I really enjoyed it. It was great. Keep uh, keep kicking ass, dude. I uh, look forward to seeing what else you put out. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Wow. I learned a lot talking with Grant tonight. He is very impressive and just full of energy. Uh, Thanks for watching, everyone. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this video. You can check us out on Fountain FM Podcast Player or, you know, one of those lesser podcast players. Uh, Check it out, fountain.fm, if you want to download it. Check out our website, farmhoplife.com. You can sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float. You may email me anytime, matt at farmhoplife.com. You can check out our 20 by 23 program. We're going to visit 20 homesteads in the year 2023. Farmhoplife.com slash 20x23. And I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or something else, pitch me an idea. Go to farmhoplife.com slash guest. Go feed yourself. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started Farm Hop Life 
drunk in an RV. Send us a message and there.